Um, so exciting day, uh, celebrating moms. And uh, my wife, Miss Kim, Pastor Kim, is going to come and she's going to share from God's Word today. So can you give it up and make her welcome? She did a tremendous job in the first service. Happy Mother's Day. Let's have a party. I like that. Um, how do I even top that? We're going to have that in our head all day today. <laughs> have a Mother's Day party. Yeah, so happy Mother's Day to all you beautiful ladies out there. And let me just say that even if you've never birthed a child, that someone is still watching you and you've had an impression on someone's life and uh, I know I have many spiritual mothers in my life that has had a great impact. One of the uh, greatest impacts of my life was my grandmother. Uh, she took me to church. She raised me in the house of God. So I give honor to every lady in here because you are making an impact on someone's life, whether you realize it or not. So, and just want to say that Make sure you stop out there. They've set a photo uh, area up and, and get some pictures today with your children before you leave. And then as you exit out the, the main doors, um, there's going to be a little table set up. And they say that the two things us lady li ladies like is chocolate and diamonds. And so I have a little gift out there for you, and it's um, just one of those two. And... <laughs> I know, but just know that when you see what it really is, that, that my, my heart really is in the other, that I wish I could bless you with the other <clears throat> because I think we deserve it, don't you? Anyway, uh, I'm going to talk this morning about one of my favorite Bible characters, and I actually spoke about her a few years ago when I spoke on Mother's Day, and when my husband asked me to speak this morning, uh, he asked me, uh, of course, what I was going to speak on, and I said, I'm really feeling like going back and revisiting a message that I did several years ago, and he said, do you still have your notes? I said, I have no clue where they're at. Don't know, but that would have maybe made it a little bit easier, but I really felt like God was giving me some fresh insight this morning. I really couldn't tell you what I said about my favorite, one of my favorite Bible characters a few years ago when I spoke. But I do know what the Lord has given me this morning, the fresh word that the Holy Spirit has dropped in my heart. And uh, I know that if you've been around church or uh, been familiar with Bible characters or uh, in, in Sunday school especially, you know, that I could say a lot of names this morning and, and something would click because we all know who Eve is. Yeah, good or bad, we all know who she is. And Ruth and Naomi, or even when I mention Noah, we all know what Noah is well known for, building the ark. And so, you know, when, when you mention names, there's stuff that clicks. And uh, when I mention Moses, we know what is he well known for. Let's see what you're thinking. What do you think of when you hear of Moses. The Red Sea. Okay, I love that. I love that. Uh, in the first service, they said uh, the Ten Commandments. And so, um, yeah, so those are two of the 
really popular things that Moses is known for. But let me just tell you a few more things about Moses. When the children of Israel lived in Egypt as slaves, he was the youngest of three children. He had a sister named Miriam and a brother named Aaron. And they were actually with Moses at the crossing of the Red Sea. Miriam and Aaron are mentioned in the Bible several times. Moses is mentioned 803 times. And Aaron is actually mentioned 342 times. And he's known for being the first of the Levitical priest. And together he helped Moses lead the children out of Egypt. Miriam, Moses' sister, was the first woman in the Bible to be given the title of a prophetess. Many times we also think of her as the worship leader. And as a young girl, she had great impact in Moses' life. She helped change the course of Israel's history by protecting its greatest spiritual leader, her brother Moses. But their mother, she's only mentioned two times by name. And those are in the ge uh, genealogical uh, history. In one of the greatest stories, she's just mentioned as Moses' mother. And her name is Jochebed. And so maybe some of you, that sounds very familiar, and maybe some of you, if you're like me several years ago, when I first started studying, I really did not have a clue that Moses' mother was named Jochebed. And uh, I was talking to Brandon up in the sound thing. He does the sound media. I was talking to him Wednesday night after first Wednesday service, and uh, I was saying, man, I really wanted to do a video this morning, just go out on the street and ask people, do you know who Jochebed is? <laughs> and, uh, but I waited too late. So um, anyway, he said, who is Jochebed? I was like, yes. <laughs> Thank you for that material for my sermon for Sunday. <laughs> and he said, no, really, who is he? It's like, yes, more material for my sermon on Sunday. And he's like, stop laughing, really, who is he? He said, I've been to Moody Bible Institute, and I don't know who Jochebed is. So he pulled up his phone, and I'll try to get it right this time. I said the wrong thing in first service. I said he asked Siri. I, I guess that was not the thing to do. He asked Google. He said, I'm not offended that you used me for an example, but I am offended that you said I used Siri. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. I am so out of touch. But anyway, he used Google to find out who Jochebed was. And he said, she's Moses' mother. Yes, that's who she is. And how many of you mothers can relate to her on so many levels, just that little part right there, that you're, you're, I'm, when I was growing up, my mother or my grandmother that I talked about a while ago that actually raised me and took me to church a lot of people knew me as, back in where I come from, everybody called 
brother and sister. So she was called Sister Elliot. So I was known as Sister Elliot's granddaughter. And uh, then I became uh, my best friend. She was a little bit older than me, and, and more people knew her. And so then I became uh, Darlene's uh, friend. And some people maybe thought I was her little sister. And then I became... Uh, at another point in my life, I became Tony's wife, better known now as Pastor Tony's wife. And then I became uh, Samantha's mother, one of the best titles that, uh, that I can carry. But then what's really funny, our first granddaughter came along, Sophia Kate, and I was at a restaurant one day. And... Uh, Sarah, I actually believe it was a, a relative or a friend of yours. I didn't know that at the time, but she came up to me, and Sophia was maybe a year old, if that. This girl came up to me that I did not know at the time, had no clue who she was, and she said to me, you're Sophia's grandmother, aren't you? Because she had seen me on Facebook. And uh, so, you know, and that, that's one of my greatest titles right now is Sophia Kate, Lucia Lynn, and Olivia Rose's grandmother. And those are great titles. And I hope I can always make them proud of me. But I'm going to talk a little bit more this morning about Jochebed, and uh, she's only, like I said, she's only mentioned twice by name, but oh, what an impact that she made in our world. And we're going to read from Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, and this will be very familiar to many of you. And it says, And there went a man out of the house of Levi and took a wife. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw that he was a godly child, she hid him three months. And when he could no longer, and when she could no longer hide him, she took him for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child in it and laid it in the flags by the river's banks. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother, which would have been Jochebed. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, I love this part. <laughs> Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you wages. 
So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. What a story. What a story. Here's some, I mean, this mom, she got to get paid for nursing her child. <laughs> How cool is that? And let all the nursing mothers say amen. <laughs> amen. So a little bit of history here, though. So what had happened during this time, Pharaoh had ordered for all the midwives, actually, to kill the Hebrew boy, the Hebrew babies when they were born. Because Pharaoh, uh, these were his slaves, and he did not want the Hebrews to outnumber them. And so he asked them, and it's, it's very likely, history tells that it's very likely that uh, Jochebed was a midwife at one time. And in Exodus, before the story, it talks about how that the midwives refused to kill the babies because they feared God. And it says that God honored them. One thing that really stood out to me, though, is... I can't even imagine how that Jochebed felt when she realized she was pregnant because she knew the order that had went out. And they didn't have ultrasounds back then, so she had to carry that baby all that time and not know what she was going to have. And the fear that probably gripped her heart many times that she probably even wished and hoped that it would be a girl so that she did not have to face that. But the day she had baby Moses, and it was a baby boy, can you imagine the joy and the fear that would have gripped her heart? I really can't, to be honest. I, I can't even put my, wrap my head around that. But what really, really stood out to me was her quiet faith that she possessed. See, God is more concerned about our actions than he is our words. Because words are easy. It's easy to get out there and put our words out there. But putting our actions... Sometimes that can be a little rougher. But she had to hide him for three months. But she obeyed. But she obeyed God. And can I tell you that obedience is the key that will unlock your future. And she heard from God and she and. Her and God, and I don't know who else was all involved in it, but they came up with this really cool plan that really made no sense. But that's how God works, isn't it? Sometimes he just does not make any sense to us. So she was going to take this baby. She built this basket, and she was going to take Moses and take him to the Nile. 
And see, this is the place because when the midwives refused to kill the babies because they honored God, Pharaoh found out that they weren't killing them. And so he had his men take them when they would find them, and they would drown them in the Nile River. So here, Jochebed, she's getting this basket ready, and she's taking this baby, baby Moses, and she's putting him in bulrushes. Where? By the Nile River. <laughs> And his sister Miriam went with her. And it says Miriam, she had Miriam stay there and watch to see what was going to happen. See, she had, she had some quiet faith. She didn't announce it everywhere. I'm taking my baby down here and I hope that someone finds him. She didn't go tell everybody. She just listened and she obeyed. She didn't make a big announcement on social media because we would have thought her brain checked, but, you know, who would go do that? But yet, anyway. So there it was, and it says that Pharaoh's daughter, the one that's having all these babies killed, she came down and found him. And she took him. And, and we read this story. And then she, Miriam said, hey, would you like me to go find a mom to nurse him? And went and found Jochebed. Jochebed, according to history, she was probably with Moses, her own son, for about seven years teaching him the ways of God. And I love that she was more concerned about teaching him the ways of God than trying to change the culture that they had been placed in. They were right in the house of Pharaoh, a culture that defied everything they believed But she didn't waste any time trying to, trying to change what was going on in that house. She was more concerned about teaching Moses the ways of God because she knew her time was limited with him. Can you imagine knowing that? Every day, I'm sure she got up. And she poured into him. And when he was too young to comprehend, I'm sure she prayed over him. So mothers, I want to encourage you this morning, don't ever get weary in your well-doing. You are making an impact. You are making a difference. And I know right now, we could get really bogged down with things going on in our world. But I choose to think 
God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because in Moses' situation, he raised up the deliverer. Later on, Moses went and delivered his people from bondage out of Egypt. So God, what are you going to do today in a messed up world when everything looks like it's chaos? How are you going to bring hearts back to you, God? Because I know you're going to. Because he's never lost a battle. He never will. Never will he. All through history, he always comes out the victor. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. We don't need... We don't need to get focused on what's going on around us. We need to be focused on him. We need to be focused on our deliverer. He is our deliverer. And when we pray, I can promise you that he'll speak. When we get quiet before him and when you open up his word, he will speak. Every answer that we need is right here. Want to know how to deal with something? It's right here. Want to know if something's really a sin or if it's just someone's opinion? It's right here. I find that many times people don't want to open this though because they're afraid of what they're going to find out. See, I run to it. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for prayers and reading God's word. Because his word will guide us. It will lead us into all truth. Not opinions, but all truth. His word is truth. You can stand on it. You can claim his promises because his promises are true. The greatest events ever written in here many times, well, all times, were when culture looked like it was a mess. See, <laughs> This isn't the first time things have been crazy. They've been crazy many times. One of my, my favorite uh, guy characters or uh, people in the Bible is Daniel. Because how many remember what happened to Daniel? He was praying guy. He prayed three times a day. And then they set an order out and said, no more praying. There again, if social media was around, I don't think he probably got on there and said, I'm going to continue praying three times a day. They told me I can't pray three times a day, but I'm going to continue praying three times a day. He just did it. He just did it. 
quiet faith again. He just continued to do it because, see, he knew who God was. See, if you know who you're serving, you can have that quiet faith. And it'll make all the difference in the world. And I can stand up here and tell you I haven't always had quiet faith. I'm preaching to myself this morning. But I want to just say that Daniel, he continued praying. And then, you know the story, he was thrown into the lion's den. I don't think any of us have ever had that pressure that we're going to be thrown into the lion's den. Wasn't a made-up story. It really, really happened. He was thrown into the lion's den. But the lions didn't touch him. God shut the mouths of the lions. And when they went to check to see, he was still there. But history was changed through that king. Because that same king that had him thrown in the lion's den... Because Daniel was untouched by the lions. He was so impressed with Daniel's God, wouldn't you be? He had never seen his God do what Daniel's God did. And he said, the same king said, in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. That was a shift in culture right there. You think God is, is changed? He's not. He's not. Kind of getting quiet on me this morning. It's okay. It's okay. He said he is the living God. And he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. And his dominion will never end. Three Hebrew boys. They didn't bow. They were asked to bow to a golden image. But they knew have no other gods before me. And they refused and they were thrown into a fiery furnace. And when they went to check on them, they said, we threw three in, but there's a fourth in there now. Yeah. See, he'll come right where you're at. <laughs> he'll come right where you're at. And this is what I like about that. So Nebuchadnezzar, he said, because they came out, they got him out, and not they didn't even smell like smoke. Didn't even smell like smoke. That's what God will do for you. That's what God will do for you. And Nebuchadnezzar said, therefore I make a degree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I thought, wow, this is, he really kind of flipped here. He said, you'll be cut in pieces. Yeah. 
<laughs> there is no other God that can deliver like this God. And then it says he promoted them. He promoted them. That's what God will do for his people when we stand for him. He has rich rewards for those who obey him. I'm glad this morning to know that he is always in control. He's not a responder to events. He's never caught off guard or taken by surprise. But he is the initiator of events. That's the God we serve this morning. That's the God that we serve. I'm so glad for Jochebed's life. I'm so glad for the impact that she has had on us sitting here this morning. That she wasn't influenced by culture or by opinions. And God rewarded her. The very place where babies were being killed, Jochebed's baby was rescued. The future deliverer of the children of Israel was going to be raised right up in the house of Pharaoh, the one that had sought to kill him. It's in the middle of our circumstances that God wants to bring victory. It's in the middle of what looks hopeless that God wants to bring hope. It's what, it's in the middle of bondage that he wants to bring freedom. Chaos he'll bring peace to. His name is Jesus this morning. I'm encouraged this morning. I actually get excited when I think about what God's really doing behind the scenes. Maybe I'm a little weird, but... Uh, A lot of times when things, when everybody is freaking out, something, I haven't always been this way. I think COVID might have did it. But something rises up in me. I'm like, go God. Go God. I'm not happy about the, the, the lives that we lost. But there's something deep down that just makes me know that His promises are true. No matter what you're going through this morning, God will meet you right there in the river, right there in the Nile, 
where the devil meant to destroy you. He'll turn it around for your good. He is faithful that promised. He promised us in the last days that he was gonna pour out his spirit and I'm anxiously awaiting. I believe he's already pouring it out. When we were on sabbatical, we, we visited many churches. And I'm glad to report this morning that we visited many that are in revival. God is moving and he's calling the sons and daughters and the children he's moving on children he can move on children i'm proof i am living proof harold and pat's my witnesses they've known me all my life i got saved in a vacation bible school when i was six years old prayer language an intercessory prayer language of the age of six so you've come a little late to tell me that God can't move in our children I know there's nothing that you can't do I really believe it He's been with me in the good. He's been with me in the bad. He's been a father. He's been a mother. And when I couldn't have my own, couldn't give birth to a baby, couldn't conceive, God intervened and he gave me a beautiful daughter he is faithful it might not always look like we think it's going to but he's faithful this morning he is faithful First of all, go, I know he did in the first service, but in Deuteronomy it says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you lie down and when you get up. Just talk about him all the time. Talk about him all the time to your children, to your grandchildren, to anybody that God brings into your life. Because he'll draw people into your life. Tell about the goodness of God. Tell about his faithfulness. And if you don't know him today, I invite you to welcome him into your heart today. 
He wants to come and live in your heart today. It's never too late. There's nothing He can't take away. Go ahead and stand with me. I'm having, I'm having trouble. I have to say first service, I didn't have any trouble closing out, but I'm having trouble closing out this morning. Because when I talk about the faithfulness of God, it gets me all stirred up. And I don't know what your situation is this morning. I'm going to ask everyone just to remain still. Because, see, I'm really old school, so I believe that altar call is a very serious time. I believe that it's a reverence time because we're asking God to speak to hearts. We're giving the Holy Spirit a chance to deal with hearts to make a decision this morning to follow Him. So as you bow your head this morning, I'm just going to pray here for a minute. Jesus, I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you for all these beautiful ladies. And I thank you for all these families I thank you for everything you're doing in the hearts this morning. Thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of the children. I can eat kids. I thank you for what you're doing in our teenagers. I thank you for our young adults. God, I just thank you, God, that you're moving. By your spirit, you're moving. And I just pray, God, that you help us, God, to remove any distractions anything that would hinder us from hearing from you God God help us God to align our hearts and our thoughts with you that we could be used of you in these last days God not to try to change our culture but God to be used of you <laughs> to make an impact on our culture. Because you've, you've got the plan, God. We just need to get in alignment with you. God, help us to put you first, God. God, I pray for the parents this morning, God. I know, God, that with parenting comes a lot of responsibility and it's not easy so many times. So many different directions were pulled, God. But God, I pray that you help God, help each parent here to make you a priority above everything else, a priority to, to raise their children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. God, that we shout your name into their lives every day. And not that we just talk. But God, that we live it in front of them. And even in our failures, God, that they would see your redemption and your grace. That we pick ourselves back up and they realize that you are a God of grace and forgiveness. God, I just speak blessing this morning. And I pray for those that may not know you today. 
that their hearts, God, would be turned toward you. 